Aloha everyone, I'm your host, Christine Laney Mitri, and welcome to Smart Living Hawaii's podcast where we discuss smart homes and technology, sustainability, healthy lifestyles, and smart business. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bento Homes Hawaii here in Hawaii, and we will be covering the farming industry and the future endeavors on becoming a more self sustaining Hawaii. Let me introduce you to Pomai Weiger with Go Farm Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Thank you Morning. for joining us today. And uh, for those of you who don't know, we've known each other for around 15 years. God. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, that's and we're long. getting we're getting Ooh. old now. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so we met in Maui about that long ago. Yeah. And we actually we were I working her, in pool. I, I taught her how to clean a pool. <laughs> how to clean a pool. That was and now she is working the land instead. Yeah. Okay. You know, hey. Well, anyhow, I wanted to dive right in. Can you please uh, give us a little background of who you are, where sure, you're from, sure. what you're doing now? I So I started in the travel and tourism industry. That's sort of uh, my upbringing. I grew up um, on the south side of Maui and um, pretty much was in the hotel industry until hotel and travel uh, until about 10 years ago and then my family uh, my mom and her business partner they started a lavender farm in Kula and that was really a game changer at the time I mean 10 years ago in agriculture things like organic farming or small farms or agritourism that was like really radical yeah like nobody was really doing that in Hawaii because we we've had a really strong uh, plantation history so my mom and her business partner they had a, a small farm in uh, Kula and they what was did, the name? Uh, Ali Ikula Lavender. Yeah. So. Ali Ikula Lavender. So um, they really were able to change the landscape of agriculture in Hawaii because nobody was really doing boutique agriculture where that was accessible. So no one was really connected to the farm ever. Mm-hmm. So when that came on, um, it was really this merge of Hawaii's tourism industry and and agriculture industry. Yeah, so it's a more of an experience. Yes, And yes. that you can, there was, there were tours and everything mm, There was that, tours, yeah. uh, value-added products, uh, and, and it wasn't production agriculture, it was service agriculture, which was like very different than anything anyone had done. Um, I was there for about four years, and then in 2011, my mom's business partner passed away, and um, the business went to his son, and it was really time, I mean, we were at this really interesting time where everyone wanted to know, like, how did we make that business successful? You know, because there were a lot of people who were farming. Um, all of the farmers were old, and none of their kids were, like, wanting to come back and be in agriculture. So they're like, it was this time where everyone was trying to make agriculture cool and sexy and relevant, which was like almost an impossible feat. Well, you did have lavender, and there's a ton of products that you can yes. use for that, and then yes. market as well. So, and that was so different because agriculture in Hawaii was like very commodity driven. So, like consumer education and like like sampling and all of those kinds of things. Like no one in agriculture knew how to do that. They were like, so we're gonna talk to people. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk to them. We're gonna engage. So that was um, that gave me so much uh, so much training. But like the big key to that was it was like we opened up this door for people to come into agriculture. Like made it accessible, a place for and them to come. Live, so, breathe it, 
ex- experiences. Yes. yes, something that was like, uh, like they could handle. And they could take as gifts, yes. right? And yes. take home and yes. buy. Yeah. So did that for a while and then went on to uh, privately consult for other farm businesses through the Hawaii Agritourism Association. So, um, you know, there were, there were so many farmers that were contacting us, organizations, businesses that wanted to learn how to public-private partner, which mm. was one, like, collaboration wasn't really key to agriculture before. So, like, how do you make friends with other industries? Like, how do you, I mean, it was, it was vital. Yes, network. Like, how do you get invited She's to the party? She's a great networker, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Um, did that for a long time, uh, did a lot of traveling and research and grant writing, um, for like the last couple years and then go farm. I want to say that they kind of, uh, it almost feels a little destined because, um, they had a position that was open for, uh, an agri-marketing specialist and I, you know, I, I kind of have this wayward kind of way, you know, like I travel, there's opportunity. And she goes with the flow. Kind of, you know, I'm on the win. And there, we had a bunch of people who sent me the, the like, the flyer that they were looking for something. And they're like, are you going to do this job? Uh, <laughs> in in agri-marketing, there's not that many people. There's, like, two people. So I feel like everyone was looking at, like, are you going to do agri-marketing? And I said, I mean, I don't know. Um, and I needed a change of pace. Uh, I've never lived on Oahu. That was, like, one of the things. Is like, Huge. the hub. The hub was here, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do it out here. Um, but the opportunity was was great, and uh, the program is statewide. So we really focus on um, how to train farmers um, to start farm business. So I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, are you going to teach me how to farm? Yes, but then also how to start a, a business. So it's very entrepreneurial and then if you already have a business that like includes a farm or agriculture, then we help consult you. Okay. So that's, that's, that's where you are that's today. That's here, yeah. Okay. That's where we are today. So uh, for some of you who aren't aware, I did a little bit of research. Oh, but you? for a lot of people that do know, um, obviously the ancient Hawaiians, they started here. They did not have ships bringing in food mm-hmm. every, probably daily now here, right? Mm-hmm. So um, they had... Some people think there was about a million people on the island, mm-hmm. islands, the whole island change, and some people say around 300,000. But regardless, I mean, even if it was just 300,000 people here living here, they were all self-sustaining, mm-hmm. and they all farmed, and they fished, and they lived off of the land. So to say, is it possible? I think a lot of people wonder. And um, just starting through the whole history and where you know it started from there, then it moved into, you know, all of a sudden sugarcane and that type of product. So it went from being self-sustaining to exporting everything you grow that's not even edible food that we would use to live off of, um, wiped out our whole land for, for that purpose, right? And then from there you moved into World War II and then they had you know the military coming in, using and taking up all the land and which now currently the state and Fed but they're own, still there. <laughs> own the land. Actually, they're number one and two for mm-hmm. how many the landowners of Hawaii now, mm-hmm. and probably will be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of at the place now where you know at that point they also had brought in pineapple and mac mm-hmm. nuts and coffee. But obviously, 
we're not going to live off of pineapple, sugarcane, and mac nuts. I mean, <laughs> yeah. coffee could only take you so Yeah, far. like two days. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, of course, with the way things are headed, you know, moving all the way to um, third world countries now, taking over these markets, um, depleting us from being able to make it profitable. Mm -hmm. So we've moved into a place where, you know, we don't now we don't have these places here in Hawaii. Why use paradise, these little islands, to be selling this anyways we shouldn't have. Um, so now we're kind of moving back to um, what do we do with this land? Mm -hmm. So if you can tell us a little bit more about the shift, the the way things are evolving, the different types of mindset maybe? Sure. So I think one thing that I always I always like to also kind of address is um, though the plantation era was like fairly destructive to our agricultural lands and our food system, um, it's also an incredible part of our history and our culture and a society in Hawaii. Like, why we're so mixed? Why, why you can come here, come here and um, have so many different food influences and cultural influences and. Um, and that that network of every culture together is is why Hawaii is so um, is such a beautiful place for yeah. people to visit. So I feel like that's you know, um, it's it's always it makes it of, unique. Yes, you know? and it, for those of you who don't know, there was probably over three hundred thousand immigrants that came to Hawaii to actually farm mm -hmm. and to be part of the plantations, and they were coming from all different countries, mm -hmm. a lot of Asian countries. So that's why we're such a mix now. We're all mixed and and there's so much knowledge and tradition um, that we have and that we carry here. So that's, you know, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. I feel like that's kind of the, uh, with, with the plantation influence. Um, as we're like now, you know, as we're moving into the future, I mean, the reason why Hawaiians were able to sustain is because they're, fully integrated yes. so it wasn't like you farm and you stay over there and you fish and you stay over there and then all of us that eat we stay over here like everything was really integrated um which is really what sustainability is it's like a system that that uh is closed loop it feeds in everyone understands how every part is vital um and then you know we've uh our society, our country, we've totally lost this connection with that. Like we, we're very siloed. We're like live in this really delusional bubble. Uh, but now there's like a new generation who are like, oh my God, maybe we were in a bubble. Maybe we should get out of the bubble. And then with, I feel like, you know, again, blessing and a curse with technology, access to travel, um, this generation, we're able to see so many different things. Yeah, outside of Hawaii, outside, outside of the U.S. Of, yes, I mean, outside of the U.S., like places and cultures and society that are smarter, that are doing things better, that are more efficient, that are that are ahead. Um, and when you you do leave and you go and research and study and learn, you realize like, oh my god. We are so wasteful. We are so inefficient. We are in danger, and um, and we're we're. I really foresee like in the next ten years, um, this generation, our generation, caring, caring, and really driving the consumer demand. You know, in farming, farmers will grow it if they know people will buy it. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're seeing this shift where like consumers, I mean, even in just our conversations, like, where do I get a farmer? Where do I get a locally sourced food bag? Where do I, and, and that just tells me those, these are just, you know, light bulbs going off. Like those are the kinds of connectors that we're going to have to put together as we, as we kind of move forward. So I feel like that was the question. I mean, we kind of, we're all over the place, but you know. That's what it is, right? So, um, I guess some of, some big buzzwords Mm. that we all know, I'm just going to throw them out there. Let's get them. Um, local food, organic food, micro farming, non-GMO, wild caught, farm to table, ocean friendly, sustainable. I mean, these are all earth friendly, healthy diets, paleo diet, low carb, high veggies, less meats, meal prepping. I mean, all of these things, even the industrial hemp, um, Mm -hmm. which is farming, which is just passed, I believe, in June. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big one, too. I think they've just um, issued three farmers here Mm -hmm. on island for that. They have. I don't know much on hemp, although Mm -hmm. maybe it would be interesting to learn a little bit more. Maybe pull in someone on a podcast for that one. Yeah. Because it's all industrial hemp. Uh Um, Not smoking hemp. No. Or marijuana. No, not medicinal. It's it's cover crop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's to make the soil. It's medicine for the soil. So So medicinal in that way. Um, And then, you know, farmer's markets, down to earth. The um, humongous Whole Foods that just came (laughs) in uh, down the street. And, um, you know, there's just so many, so much of this that's happening. And um, I think that people are just, there's just, all this is happening all at once. Mm-hmm. So, um, who is the consumer, I would say, for something like this? Well, um, I feel like one of the things that we really tiptoe around in agriculture, um, especially in America, is that there's a huge class divide. So, there's... Um, you know, people who have money to have all of these buzzwords. And then there's people who don't have the money to have all of these buzzwords. Um, So if they want these things and they are not in like a specific bracket of living, then they're living off the grid, which is also becoming like a off the grid is another buzzword, you know, where people are, um, you know, Buying a bento home yes, and taking yes, it off the grid. And totally taking it <laughs> off the grid. I, I do feel like that's an appeal. And even even for this, this demographic um, of people who have been financially successful, I mean, they get financially successful and they're like, I don't know if I want to live this rat racy, you know, you know, crab crawling kind of life. I want to buy a bento home. I want to put it on three acres and I want to live free. So I feel like... Um, we're at that point where, especially because our generation travels, I feel like travel has been a really key. Experiences. Yes. It's been so key for us to be like, I don't, I don't know, you know, what everything is to us is not necessarily all about money or Or material. Yes. Or material or material. So, um, you know, when we're talking about the market, um, for me, like on the marketing end, um, it's, it's anyone's game. I mean, I specifically am targeting people who can afford all these things, um, because they want them, you know, like when we're talking about, so for example, uh, you know, locally grown food bag, 
that can feed a family of four that you could get every week is maybe about $35 a week. I could, in a two-hour business meeting with one person, have two beers and a poo-poo for $40, you know? So it's, it's really what do you value, you know? Like, that, what is $40 to me in the city when we're having drinks and cocktails, you know, which is, like, more than the price of a bag of locally grown food per week for a family of four. Yeah. So it's really about educating the consumer um, and, and making it applicable for their life. I feel like people would totally do it if they knew how to do it. Yeah, and know? it was easily accessible. Yes, yes. And the price was reasonable, yes. right? So. Right, one, well, and they understood the value because yeah. I feel like pricing in America, in our country, in Hawaii, is not reasonable. Yeah, I mean, that's like the, that's like the, 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 the cards that fall. So, like, uh, we actually live in a society where we spend money on a lot of very unreasonable things. You know, so it's more about, like, having people understand that, that um, from a marketing end, um, that they deserve this, that this is about their health, that um, this is a community that they want to be a part of. So, and support. And support. And that, to a certain degree, it is about um, it is about social class. Like, when we're going around and I'm asking people, like, so where do you get your food? You don't want to tell me that you don't care, that you don't care about sustainability, that you don't care about local farmers or local food. You want to tell me, like, oh, my farmer is this guy, and this is what he gives me, and we get it every that week. that sounds so cool. <laughs> you know, so it's, like, cool, but it's also responsible. Right. But I feel like, you know, it's about making those match because, like, people want to be both things. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's relevant. That's more of, the, more of the drive. So I know it's expensive, to live this lifestyle. Um, I, my office is in Kahala Mall, so what's right there, Whole Foods? Um, can you go to there and get food? Yes, you can. When I walk in that door, I spend at least, I don't think I can walk out of there spending less than $20. No, it's just there's like no impossible. way. I was just going to say, like, I wonder what you're going to say to me because I was like, Whole Foods is an easy 20. Even, even on Wednesdays when it's like a dollar, a dollar fifty yeah, like per pound. Yeah, like 22, <laughs> I'm between 22 and $32 Exactly, and that Foods. you're probably not even buying anything, but then I'm like, oh, that truffle cheese, I got to get that truffle cheese and whatever, these specialty items that you can't well, get anywhere. Well, and prepared foods. I feel like we're, convenience is key, like right now in, in our society, like I'm getting it because like. I need it to be packaged, ready to go. Like, I need to eat it while I'm driving. Yes. Yeah, and I need, you know, I need a snack. I need a, Healthy you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Healthy, convenient. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, to, to that extent, I can't obviously eat at Whole Foods every day, mm -hmm. although that would be nice. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also, you know, more like local and the down-to-earth. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got those places. We have farmer's markets that um, you can get food. But still... Here in Hawaii, it, it hasn't evolved. I, I went to one in San Francisco uh, on Saturday, yeah. and it, it's amazing. And you can literally go there, shop, and get everything you need for the week, and it's very reasonable. And people do. Like, that's the thing is, like, it's more about us sort of recreating hubs for people where they can get everything that they need. And that's been really hard to, I want to say, be financially viable or... It's really a shift in gear for the on the farming end. Yeah. And mm -hmm. for here in America, I mean, it's what a lot of people do in Europe. I mean, 
they buy a meal like that day. You know, they yes. go out to the market and buy everything it and bring is it brought. Up every everything day. is is bought it's all that fresh. day. Yeah, it's yeah. all fresh. Well, and I feel like again, that's why um, when like we travel, you see these. Yes, things. and you're like, yeah. oh my god, I want to live like that. Like that seems healthier and smarter and more efficient and, and like, tastes better and tastes better. <laughs> so, realistically, um, with this, I guess I want to dive into what you're doing with Go Farms and okay. the Waimanalo Farms. Okay. And um, because we're talking about, is this something that we can actually be self-sustaining? Is this something that is going to be cost-effective? Like, we'll be able to, like, a regular family here in Hawaii would be able to manage doing this. Um, I did want to talk a little bit more of the CSA, which okay. stands for... Community Supported Agriculture. Okay. generally... And these are... These are, um, I guess, explain a little bit more about the micro micro farming that you've got going okay. on and the, I guess, the students. Okay. Yeah. So uh, in the Go Farm program, if you go through our program, uh, we're actually a farm incubator. So what that means is we have a lot of little farms on a big farm. And, um, and little farm meaning up to half an acre and uh, up to three years. So it's a place where... You can really practice out your own farm business and see if you can do it, if that's going to be for you, and sort of a launching pad. So uh, Waimanalo is, I consider that our flagship. That was where we started the program. It's only, we've only been in operation for five years. Um, but now we're seeing like, okay, now they're coming out of our farm incubator. Where are they going and what are they doing? So um, there's a lot of pipeline that is required for this. So uh, one, land opportunities, uh, that's pretty difficult here on this island. Uh, market outlet, so once you grow it, where is it gonna go? And then uh, mentorship, so where do people continue to learn? Um, all avenues of the industry. So that's kind of where we um, you know, really provide support for these, uh, for these new up and coming farmers. But the CSA, uh, this is like a this is like an old idea. This is like plenty of people have been doing this for generations. I want to say. How about like the milkman? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, it's like that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a, um, and and Hawaii has tried intermittently to like kind of get it going. Uh, Very well, pricey. Yes, I've seen it done yes, before. Yes, um, some companies they will do bundle packages for like $70 a week yeah. and include like a chicken or mm -hmm, something, mm -hmm. like one meal or something. Mm -hmm. But this yeah. is a very different concept, right? So um, this idea of creating these food bags uh, is something they have to do as a part of being in our program. So we already, I mean, the part of our program is not just to like grow food extra, it's to scale up your food production. So the idea is when you get out of our program that you can commercially farm and that in theory, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't know, but like, you know, on a quarter acre of land, you could maybe feed up it's to 50 people. It's a very small yeah. parcel of land. Or people have this idea that farming to feed people. You need You need acres. acres. Like this, this entire building could probably 
provide food. Like, if this whole thing was, like, a farm. Or one person. Easily. Yeah, or, no, I mean, like, this, the whole building this itself. whole building, yeah. this whole building itself. Well, the ADU is only 400 square feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, uh, you could feed this whole neighborhood. So, it's really just, like, shifting the mind frame of... You know, more like neighborhood by neighborhood, because that's kind of what our farmers start with. Like, they've never had to go find market before. Who are you going to sell these food bags to? You know, but again, through like, you know, because I'm not just in agriculture, I'm like out in all these different sectors. And you're the marketing help, right? So I hear people tell me like, well, if I if I wanted one, where would I get one? If I wanted one for my whole office building, where would I get one? If I wanted one for my whole street, where would I get one? Meanwhile, these farmers are like, does anybody want to buy this? And so, they don't. They just have no connection points. So it's what it's. I guess where we're at today yep. is trying to connect. People. So we're at a good tipping point. You know, like we're at this tipping point where there are people like us who are like, why don't we put those things together? I mean, I I really bridge the gap. Yeah, totally. So. We are hopefully going to be bridging the gap. Mm. Um, so Pomai brought to our attention that they do have a farmer mm -hmm. that is actually growing and they are going to be ready to go in October, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. the goal here is to help uh, that farmer find a certain amount of people here in Kaka'ako mm -hmm. that want to be a part of this program. Mm -hmm. So it is about $35 mm -hmm. a week and you know, you buy this bundle package up front and it's a four-month program so you'll be getting food every week mm -hmm. for from here at Bento Homes mm -hmm. there will be a location once a week where you would come by pick up your food it'll be ready to go and um, during that day you can just stop on in because their showrooms open mm -hmm. um, I believe nine to five seven oh it's actually nine to seven so you can actually be here at any time during those hours, pick up your bag and be on your way. So being in Kaka'ako, a lot of these farms obviously are in the North Shore mm -hmm. or Waimanalo side. So getting out there once a week, especially during the week, is not realistic. Mm -hmm. So to have these drop-off points for these bags makes it much more convenient. I mean, right behind us, we've got two big towers that just closed not too long ago mm -hmm. with hundreds of families in there. So I'm sure you're not going to have a problem locking up these people. Actually, there may be more need and yes, a higher demand. There is. There than, is. Than what you guys could even provide mm -hmm. at the time. So yeah. I'd love to see this program grow. And, you know, it, it really is about being a part of the, this culture and this movement of this community. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that that is what it is all about. I mean, because it's, it's not just about picking up your food in a bag. You know, it's about knowing the people here at Bento Homes. It's about meeting the farmer. If you want to go out there and you want to see the land, you can. It's about, you know, like really connecting people yeah. through food. So I feel like that's that's a really exciting time for us. And, and people want it. They yearn for it. Like it's it's funny to like bring a farmer out and have people Because be they're, like, it's definitely not, they're, <laughs> it, they're, you know, more introverted or, you know, you just think of someone who's a farmer and then you all of a sudden expect them to go out there and start networking. It's definitely completely out of their element. Mm -hmm. So I think having you and other people as mentors and helping with the marketing side and us partnering with mm -hmm. them really helps them get their foot in the door and in the direction that they need to go. So we can all benefit. You know, I think that's the goal here. 
and um, tell me a little bit more because uh, I know your program this one's more food based off of what we all eat and what you're growing for that but you are you do also work with people that are growing to create a product or yes. a product so uh, we also have an uh, ag business consulting uh, component to our program and it's really geared towards I mean anybody who has a farm business but usually when people are coming to us for consulting it's because they want to develop a value-added product so what that means is they're taking something from their farm and they're making something else so like your jams and jellies your lavender body wash um, it can also be a service so they want to do tours they want to do workshops um, they want to know how to navigate uh, regulation they want to know what are the laws for this can I put it in any bottle what size does it have to be um, and then a lot of times they're just coming to us from for market analysis you know like if I grew this and I made this light cheap juice you know spray wash <laughs> yeah are people yeah. going to buy yes this? are what are they going to buy it and and for me just because uh, I didn't come from agriculture I feel like people will buy anything <laughs> People it's just how you market it. It is. It is. It's how do we make it relevant to their life. So I feel like a lot of times people are like, you know, how is this relevant to us? It's the, the answer to that is how are we relevant to this? So um, that's kind of where the consulting end comes in. So we're just about to close. And basically, I wanted to just dive into our future. So I know we're at this I guess, tipping point mm -hmm. and things are shifting, where do you see things landing? Where do you see the future of farming here in Hawaii? Well, uh, industry and economy is moving very fast. So what was one month ago could be completely different a month from now. I feel like when I'm looking at the sort of agricultural economic overview, I'm looking at it at like a a three, five, ten year mark. Um, I feel like if I want people to, if I want whoever's listening to have the, like a takeaway of what the future is, um, it's that we're extremely uh, reliant on um, import. Mm -hmm. and, and what that really means that is that when there is a food disaster, because it's really not a matter of uh, if it's it's, um, when. it's when and like what is a food disaster a food disaster I mean could be anything but when you're looking at a time where um, there's uh, a politics and a lot of uh, you know economic warfare or you know things that are happening globally that could ultimately affect us um, if we are not getting food even if it's a week. Yes. Two, yeah. No. Even. I mean, if we're looking at that, we import food every day. Um, then, when we're looking at this island specifically, I mean, because that is a part of our responsibility as like agricultural leaders and and people who are are trying to keep us all alive. Uh, when we look at Hawaii as a whole, if there was a food disaster, I mean, seventy percent of the population would be lost. Yeah, I mean, in a matter of days, just based off of chaos. Listen to what I just said to that. And it will be mostly affected uh, in the urban areas. So it's like North Shore, they can self-sustain. They grow everything. They're good. 
they're gonna they're gonna survive they know how to mine water fish protein eggs but they have it all windward side you know like they they're growing things so it's you know where i see a shift is so nobody's gonna be bringing me my csa bags ah i mean it's just you're gonna have to you're gonna have to trek out there you're gonna have to trek out there with a machete it's gonna no um so where that provides us an incredible opportunity is also people um knowing where to get food yeah, because that's going to be the scary thing is like, if, you better get your farmer. Yes, up you with need you to now. get your farmer. You need to get your be farmer. Be his best friend. Yes, you need <laughs> to know how to find him. Need to know how to find him, or her, or her. Um, and then also um, how you can can think about how to grow your own or like an area that's you know like it doesn't have to be you like I'm not a really good grower but you know yeah, you know I tried it no I, yeah mm, and I'm I'm a good eater I will definitely need to find myself <laughs> yeah, a farmer yeah. yeah so that is sort of my find yourself a farmer like find yourself a farmer so that you know how to find food in the you know and it's like um we're we're gonna you know sort of live a great happy life for as long as we can but you just want to be better prepared i feel like that's kind of the and being better prepared is knowing where your food comes from and then knowing where you can go and get it if like your regular source gets cut off so do you feel there are other places that are going to be like there's a whole bunch of land now that used to be sugarcane and pineapple and all of this so are they are there any plans to turn this into real food growing plantation or farm farming? Well, you know, uh, big ag in Hawaii, they have plans. You know, they have plans to um, to double food production as fast as they possibly can. Um, but anything that is big takes time. Mm -hmm. So it's like they've been, you know, it's. It's kind of like the rail, you know, like, oh, that was just such a big, grand, great idea. And it took a lot more time and money than they had initially anticipated. So same thing for sort of agricultural industry. It is possible, but we cannot wait around. I feel like that's the thing. Well, and I think, too, you guys are building leaders. You guys are building these farmers. Who's going to run all this? I mean... <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's the hope. That's the hope. Like, mm, don't, don't, don't. Oh, you we're know. counting on you. Yeah, no, we are. We, we are. are. No, well, we totally are. And and the thing about it too is, um, we also come from a culture and society where like we're very entitled and waiting around for like, well, who's gonna solve this? Where I, I think that it's important to have that leadership and support, but also, you know, how do we do it for ourselves? Like, what can we do? individually as a family as a person to like start that movement not just wait around for how are they going to provide locally sourced food for us like how are we going to go get locally sourced food for ourselves is like so besides csa bags what are things that us local people can do for you guys is there are there volunteer opportunities is there things that we can do to be more supportive i think that you know really um being a part I really feel like the number one thing is is to know a farmer like that's so so farmers markets that is like a great um, that's a great place to start um, the CSA bags because that's where you can like 
meet the farmer and ask them, like build relationships. I also feel like the other thing is we cannot just stay in our industry. Like this kind of stuff, you know, like we're, it's not just about growing food, but growing community and growing business. So we cannot just, even on the farm end, like we on the farming end need to get out and tell people where we are and where they can find us and, and tell them what we offer. Otherwise, we're doing the same exact thing. So yeah. it's, it's more, I mean, about being collaborative and um, getting different points of view, um, getting more information um, to really understand, like, what it takes to, like, be a part of this whole system. So um, I would say the lowest hanging fruit would be CSA bags, find a farmer, um, and you could do that through a farmer's market. I feel like they're they're popping up everywhere. Everybody wants, you know, um, because the consumer wants this. Yeah. They're like, hey, uh, and the traveling consumer yes, as well. Yes, the tourists. Yes, the tourists. They're I mean, asking. Who do, who, you want to go and get something local and take it home as a gift too. So. Yes, yes. And, and that is really what has shifted our gears. Like, that's why we do it. I mean, nobody really wants to say it, but, I mean, it moves with the money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we get a lot of our money from our tourists and if our tourists are like, we want local food, then we're like, Oh my God, we need to change everything because like now, I mean, they're wanting to go to places that provide that lifestyle. So it it provides us a great opportunity because then, then our, our whole culture shifts to wanting those things. Well, that's all I really have for you Pumai today. Thank Mm -hmm. you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at www.smartlivinghi.com Also follow me on Instagram at at smart underscore living underscore Hawaii and like us on Facebook. Mahalo and until next time, live smart. Have a good day!